You are now listening to the Moon Child. And I like to start off with songs now. So follow me for a second. I think it can relate to everybody. What's good, y'all? I am back, and it's June 17th. I think I haven't done an episode in probably, I want to say, three weeks. Um, As y'all know, I'm a reflecting person. I like to reflect and see what's going on as there's not too much going on in my life. Um, I need time to reflect and shit, you know, feel comfortable on how I'm going to come on here and express myself. And like I said, I'm a reflecting person. And these past three weeks, I've been reflecting and, you know, seeing what's going on and finding a way how I can help towards the situation and getting on my platform to obviously address some things that's going on. Maybe to whoever's listening, I know there's people outside the country listening to this podcast. Maybe shine some light on what's going on in this so-called free country that I live in. And the first thing I kind of want to address today, you know, that's going to kind of piss me off what I've been seeing a lot around is the, the whole colorblind issue. And if you don't know what I mean by colorblind, it's, you know, it's basically equivalent to people that are like, all lives matter. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, kind of like ignoring everything that's going on, the racial differences. And, you know, the people I'm, the people I'm talking about is like the people that's like, I don't see color. I don't see black or brown. We're just all humans. Okay, yeah, we're all humans. So you should kind of want to fight for all humans. You feel me? There's this stigma going around that we want things back to normal. You know, what's, what, what, what's normal? Because, um, like, you know, four words. Four words. You know, people are sick of it. No justice and no peace. So, we all know what happened with the riots. And it's starting to slowly fade away. Those riots probably shine more light on this situation than any protests in the past years past hundreds of years. You know why? Because that's the only way to get the attention of the media and everybody. Now it's just constant, constant, constant protests. And there's people that are still not understanding what's going on. Um, and this is mainly not a, I wouldn't even say it's a black issue. It's more of a white issue where, you know, people need to start checking themselves and Start educating each other and start changing this "quote unquote" normal into a new normal. So that's what that's what people are fighting for. Um, and it's it's you know if you're able to take black culture, you know you should be able to want to fight for black lives. If you just throw back twenty years ago, 
when you're talking about looking, if we're looking at the chart, top charts in music, go look at the top charts in music, I want to say like 20 years ago. You know, you got mostly pop, rock. Rap is nowhere big, near as big as it is today, surprisingly. Because so much more people adapting and love black culture. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But people are loving black culture, but still have racial stigmas and microaggressions towards black people. It's so bad where, you know, you got to hate to say it, but this might be a tough pill to swallow. But the Bay Area culture was Bay Area black people culture. You know what I'm saying? So we got to know where things are really coming from and stop being blind to the situation because, you know, it's passed down to years and years. Look, as we all know, race, it's not real. You know, it's all an idea. Anthropology is the reason why we look different. We're structured different. But microaggressions and stereotypes were all created and we you know been living by it people are tired of living by it people want change you know police need to be held accountable for murder people are sick of it you know um but 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 you know um I will say this, you know, it hates to say it, but like this is shining so much light than it has ever before. You know, I feel, I think people are, um, shoot, you know, sometimes it gets overwhelming to even be on social media, but that's good. Being uncomfortable, you know, why is being uncomfortable? Because it's something new. We're addressing the situation. I'm glad that situation is being addressed, man. Um, you know, I've been, when I was, if, if I was in this academy called Social Justice Academy, and I've been having ethnic studies, and I was, a, I was able to have opportunity to learn about my own history and not learn by the regular old history books. You know, I had to learn the people's history. Howard Zinn book, look that up. And so I've never been, till I, Sophomore year, I've never been ignorant to the situation. We know what's going on. But there's also so much I can learn also. You know, this is a great opportunity for everybody to learn something. Search up, look at look up their own history. Look up your own history in the United States. You can be Asian. Go on, go on, look what was happening in the 60s in San Francisco. Be, you can be Middle Eastern. Look up the history. So much more history than... that's. I think that's the, the stigma that we get getting from our books is that we're only worrying about one side of history. We're not learning about all sides. You know, even if you look at all the revolutions that was going on, you know, it's like, oh, it's mainly black people. No. Even back then, there was many, many, many allies of all ethnicities. So, as far as this this is going on, you know, I hope if 
you've been feeling uncomfortable or overwhelmed, you know, that's that's technically a good feeling. I think if people are feeling overwhelmed and uncomfortable but curious, I think that's a start. And people got to start somewhere and just kind of understand what people go through. Now, as I would say for myself, you know, I'm kind of a mixture of a lot of things. So I'm in positions where I have privilege and in positions where I don't have privilege. And it's not easy coming and saying that you have privilege. It's not. But a lot of us have more privilege than you would think about it. Because it's not just, privilege just doesn't come in ethnicity. There's a lot of other topics where there's privilege. Whether it's being heterosexual over homosexual, could we not agree? Whether it's being a man, you know, compared to being a woman in this country. Whether, you know, obviously you're white or a person of color. Being under the age of 25 or being older than 65, your voice isn't that heard as a middle-aged person. Because it's either you're too young or you're too old. So, I think it's it's important to know that, you know, where your privilege is coming from and, you know, understanding. Because <laughs> I would say this, me personally, I didn't, I didn't experience no, I haven't, at least in the Bay Area, I know this for sure. You know, I never experienced anybody calling me a nigger or anything. There's nobody I've really encountered anybody in the Bay Area that's bold enough to be saying like that because, you know, the Bay Area is like a bubble. A lot of people are on the same page when it comes to these things. And another thing to point out, this is not a political, everything that's going on is not political talk. The sad reality, this is human rights. Political talk is... When you talk about tax or Democrat, Republican. As far as we're talking about cops killing people or just systematic racism that goes on in this country and the microaggressions that's been instilled into people's minds, that's a human problem. That's not politics. So, yeah, man, this, <laughs> uh, it's been... It's been quite interesting. You know, I've been pretty sure y'all been seeing a lot of racists get exposed. <laughs> and, you know, people, when you see famous athletes, white athletes, aka, you know, for example, Drew Brees, situation that happened with him. You can just see that there's so many people blinded to the situation. And you know where I look, where I think it's like coming from? You know, it's, 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 it's whether if you're from a, a rural or an urban area. Now, let me lay it out like this. People from, you know, Oakland, or you can be white or black, just Oakland, these situations are more, with police, you know, are more common because there's more people of color or minorities who are really the majority that are in these encounters that are treated unfairly. Whether you look at a rural area where it's, mostly white people, and they have a great relationship with their law enforcement system in their areas. And they don't understand or don't see shit 
they live in areas where there's they see 10% black people. So this is not, they look at it like it's a problem that doesn't have to do with them. They look at it as like a, oh, you know, just one time accident. So unless we understand each other's experiences, we're not gonna get nowhere. And there's a lot of people coming out with their experiences and putting pressure on people who are trying to be blind from the situation to create that change. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know how I really feel about everything going on right now, you know? I don't know if we're truly going to get change. I'm pretty sure that's a thought for everybody. And does it hurt? Does it really hurt to believe that we can't have that change? No. So instead of coming and just shooting it down like, oh, nothing's going to change, nothing's going to change, you know, Try to be that person that can make a little bit of an impact. And it could be so little, too. It starts with the little things. It starts with the jokes. The racist jokes. The microaggressions when you see something. The the feeling about when you... The feeling where you have to look and see the driver who almost ran into you. And hope you, that you don't have that assumption that that person is Asian. Or even having an assumption where if a cop shoots a person that we already know that he was most likely black. And people think because he's black, he must have done something that encountered the officer to shoot them. I think this goes farther than just police brutality. You gotta, we gotta, people are point, trying to point out to the situations what leads to police brutality. It's because how they view people of color. And that's exactly what's going on. So, try to take a, you know, a quick look at yourself. Because we all have done it. We all have made some type of microaggression or stereotype. We all have done it. It's became a norm. We're trying to get to that new normal. It's going to take some time. But I just, we're getting to the point where there's no, there's no room for racism. There's no room for racism, no more. No. And, you know, we're creating that change. And that change people have been putting out is talking about the, you know, abolishing the police. Now, what does abolishing the police really mean? Are we just gonna have no police officers no more? That's dangerous, don't you think? Yeah, it's dangerous. Of course we wouldn't just have no police, but we gotta change the idea of what a police really is. Because obviously this is outdated. Outdated in the system that was created when, shit, there was people, a lot of human beings not being treated as human beings, aka, when black people were slaves, right? 
Now, I think what people mean by abolishing the police is changing the system. Now, it comes down to the little things, right? In what need or case does a fully armed officer need to arrive fully armed for a phone call, a 911 call, because of a missing dog? You know, shouldn't you get something like maybe, I don't know, a social worker? You know, this person just lost their dog, and they're probably freaking out. And then they probably more nervous, because they might not be white, that there's a police officer with a whole rifle on them, a whole pistol on them. Why does a fully armed officer, who is probably not even trained enough for the situation I'm about to explain, have to report to a woman who reported rape and they expect that officer who's probably uneducated on maybe on you know sexual harassment and the first thing the cop asks the woman is well did you do anything to get him to that point why not have maybe a woman, an educated social worker, you know, to handle that situation? Maybe because you understand where the victim is coming from. Instead of just expecting all police to be put in these situations and deal situations that they can't handle. These are just alternatives. That's not necessarily abolishing the police. That's creating a change for the police to benefit the people. But, you know, people don't want that. There's people that just look at it as like, oh, people are trying to take over. No. People are fighting for the system to work for them as well as you. I'm talking to white people right here. I'm talking to people who don't see color. Talking to, we're all human beings, right? What's wrong with changing a system that fits for all human beings? You know what I'm saying? Let's get to that new normal. Back to the Black Lives Matter. Back to the All Lives Matter. You know how selfish people are? It's just like, you know, once they see that Black Lives Matter sign. Oh, hell no, 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 no. What they think they're that important for. That's how we feel when people say all lives matter. That you look at Black Lives Matter as they're looking to try to take over. Or maybe it just makes you so sick to say Black Lives Matter. Think about that. People that say all lives matter, as I said before, are selfish. They're selfish, as simple as that. To look at it away as somebody to say that black, because they're not saying black lives matter more. They're really not. Nobody is saying that black lives matter more. They just want it to equal. They want, it to, they want the system to work for them. 
we're Americans also. None, nobody can, nobody, no person of color that is not, that is awakened from this whole, from everything that goes on in our country. Nobody is calling themselves a proud American. When I had my roommates came, you know, meeting people from different countries and the first thing they classify me as an American, shit, I take that to offense. I say I'm from the Bay Area. I'm from this area. I don't classify myself as a true American. I can't. I just don't see myself doing it until we get real change. You know how cool it would be to like actually be proud of your country? Sounds amazing. Like shit, seeing my roommate, proud Spaniard. Shout out to Henry, he's proud proud to be from Taiwan. And I'm looking over here, like damn, and Trump is our president. Man. It's sad. It's sad. Now, and also with all lives matter, it's just, it's like this. And you can be, and this is for the people of color that's not black, that doesn't understand black lives matter. Now, are you going to go to a cancer walk to scream, diabetes matter too? No. No. <laughs> and that's the situation. That's the reason. That's that, that's the type of shit that black people are talking about. People always want to turn it to something else. Because people don't value their lives the same way. Are you seeing the are you seeing it? Hope you're seeing it. But I'm glad, you know, I know people are now onto the people, you know, onto the positive part of everything, there are people challenging their parents, challenging these old things that they're saying, and these microaggressions, stereotypes, and not allowing them. There are people trying to educate themselves and trying to change, become allies. I will look at that as, a, you know, I'm looking at this as a big impact right now, because. You know, <laughs> we might live in a world one day where, you know, just those stereotypes are not instilled in our minds. The goal is to push all those old ways of thinking out of our minds. That is the goal. It starts with the little shit. If you struggle to make jokes without being racist, then you're just not funny. So many other things you could say than the N-word. Why not, motherfucker? You can even say bitch. Ho. But why the N-word? Why? And it's crazy. You know, you got people really telling us that we can't, that you, you got people telling black people that they can't say the N-word. Now, I have my own view on the N-word. Do I feel like saying it? I feel like there's other words to say. 
Has it slipped out sometimes? Yeah. But do I need to fight to say it? No. Should you be trying to fight to say the N-word? No. Is it necessary? No. But who are you that's not black trying to tell somebody that they can't say that word if you can't say it? That's like me going to a person who's speaking Spanish and they have this one word and I'm telling them not to say it no more. What? That don't even make sense. We know what it's, we know what it means. We know the meaning behind it when it's not coming from a black person. Simple as that. So I wanna also, you know, educate y'all, you know, maybe put y'all on some terms that, you know, we might not be knowing about. And you know, I wanna discuss the difference between prejudice discrimination and oppression you know, when people are prejudiced that's a going by dictionary it's a judgment or a belief that is formed on insufficient grounds before facts are known or in disregard of facts that contradict it prejudice are learned and can be keyword unlearned now when we're talking about discrimination is the acting out of the prejudice thoughts you know, this results in unequal allocation of goods, resources, and services, and limitation of access to full participation in society-based individual membership in a particular social group, reinforced by the law, policy, cultural norms that, you know, that allow for different treatment for the basis, you know, different treatment on the basis of identity. And now when we're talking about oppression is to hold down a group of people by harassing prejudice and discrimination within legal, social, and day-to-day contexts that are rooted in historical, institutional, ideological, and structural forms of power. All three of those are going on, and that's what people want to change. I hope you hear the frustration in my voice because it makes me sick. Um, you know, I've been to a few protests near on my city, City Hall. And, you know, not just the George Floyd situation, this situation hits home. You know, we had a situation with Oscar Grant, you know, from my, from my hometown, Neil Wilson. And there's probably way more that went unheard. But just recently, there was a man who graduated at my high school named Steven Taylor. He was shot at Walmart, right by the in and out that I always go to. And when it happens in your city and happens in your area, in your community, it, it, hits, it hits differently, you know? Um, you always get that, what if it was me? And it, it was sad because he had a bad... And there was no need to shoot him, tased him, and then you shot him. He was unarmed. You know. And when I went to this protest, mind you, his death was like three weeks, month before it. And I see his grandmother and his mom speaking out, and they still haven't heard nothing back from the police. So you mean to tell me that this man is still able to feed his kids while... 
this woman's kid is not able to come home or she's never able to see again. You know, it just makes me sick, man. Makes me sick. Police need to be held accountable. System needs to be reformed. There needs to be a change. There is no more going back to normal. There needs to be a new normal. We've got to go through the rinks and dunks to get to that new normal. That new normal. Like I said, my experience as far as racism, I never really experienced too much racism as far as my my black ethnicity. I experienced it more with my Middle Eastern descent. Once I tell people I'm Persian or Middle Eastern, you know, you get the terrorist jokes. But I'm not over here making everything about me or racism I experience about the racism towards Middle Eastern people right now because that's not what we're focusing on. We're focusing on black lives. There's too many black people in this country to be experiencing the shit that they go through. Too many. Way too many. Way too many. And so, you know, a lot of black people, there's a lot of black players in the NBA. And they're just now getting to the basketball things. You know, calm down a little bit. But there's players that that don't that want to sit out. There's players that still want to play. Now, here's my view on that. Y'all know I've been itching for basketball to come back. So I think it's good both ways with that situation. You know, if people want to sit out and help their community, I hope they won't just sit out and just be at home. You know, I hope they'll be in revolutions or speaking out, leading, leading the community. If they want to sit out, that's fine. It could be De'Aaron Fox doing that for the community. I wouldn't care if we lose games because he's doing that. And if people want to play and use that platform to make a message, I think it's I think it's good. I think I think that would be great also. I think um the way how a lot of companies, you know, a lot of companies are finding ways to advertise either, you know, staying safe from corona or Black Lives Matter. But the movement is being spread around the world. Other countries. Every state there was a protest in this country. It's a constant message, Black Lives Matter right now. Now it would be a damn shame. It would be a damn shame. If this... You know, does nothing. It does absolutely nothing. But, like I said, you're not supposed to think like that, man. You're not supposed to think like that. Because it's okay to think that there could be change. And it is going to change. Now, for the people that actually care, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed, I really suggest do some reading or do some try to find your way to educate yourself on this so you can feel more comfortable. You're only uncomfortable because or overwhelmed 
because you're probably not knowing what's going on. Take that time to educate yourself. I'm lucky enough to have the education that I had this past, in my three years in high school. Shout out for Rye for that. But does that mean I know everything? No. As I'm saying to you, I need to do for myself as well. I need to go back to the files I have and read. Get myself educated on this. This is important. As far as this podcast has been going, it's been taking all different types of twists and turns. My first episode was a week before, I would say before the NBA had got closed down. That's when I vividly just know when the pandemic was affecting all of us. And that was March 11th, March 12th, around that time. I started this podcast a week before that. Took some turns. Had to make episodes inside during quarantine. Try to keep up with new topics to talk about. But instead I just reflected. And as more crazy things happen, look at all the things that's been happening in 2020. But reflected. You see, you learn, and you grow. I love coming on here talking just to talk. I love it. And if you're listening, I really appreciate it. Give me some feedback. All my episodes are off the dome. I'll outline it a little bit. The one take. Call me one take Zay. Uh, I wanted to keep it short. Just kind of talk about and just narrate some things that's been on my mind. Hopefully I got some people thinking. Or if you already are very aware of the situation, I hope you can give me some pointers. But, yeah, man, I, I, def, I invested into my podcast. Um, so I'm going to be on this app for at least a year more um, when I put out episodes. Got plenty of time. I know the release dates come out slow. I mean, when I publish episodes, but, you know, like I said, nothing's going on too much, and I need time to reflect, and this is just how I best express my feelings. I mean, pure me right now. So, who knows? It's cool that I got all this documented by episodes right now, because <laughs> if you hear what I'm talking about my from my first episode to where we are now, and my mid-episodes, and we're going through a lot right now, but we're all in this together. You know, we're all in this fucking shit together right now. We're in this shithole right now, but look, at the end of the day, we're going to live. As long as you're not dead, you're alive. Thank you for listening. Moonchild. <laughs>